Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to chsrhealthylife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. chsrhealthylife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Get ready for Mind Shock with Dr. Ron Dalrymple, the premier podcast in the world bringing you hidden truths about your mind's incredible powers. Get ready to free your mind. Everybody, welcome to Mind Shock, Dr. Ron Dalrymple. The show will take you to the outer limits of your mind and to the inner limits, the true final frontier. Today's episode is called Evolution of the Supermind. I began working at NASA at 17 years old, where we put people in space. And back then we called this the final frontier, the exploration of space. Really a fascinating time. I started there in 1967, just a kid going to the University of Maryland and studying math and physics. Got a position at Goddard Space Flight Center, seven miles away. Loved working there, great stuff. Met Nobel Prize winners from around the world. What kind of great people. Fascinating place to be. But at 19 years old at NASA, I made a discovery. And this discovery changed my life forever. I discovered that the true final frontier is inner space, the exploration of the true powers of mind. That's a long story, so I won't give a lot of details on that, but I started taking a few classes in psychology and realized that math and physics could be used to explain the major theories of psychology and philosophy. So it was really a fascinating discovery, which took me on a long journey. So our mission is to take you to the true outer limits of inner space. Think about that. The outer limits of inner space. Our motto for this show is Supermind, Superbody, Superspirit. Okay, it goes back to parallels to the Greek, which we'll get into a little bit later, Greek philosophy, super mind, super body, super spirit. We'll explain more about that as we go along. In today's chaotic world, there's a revolution sweeping the world about who we are and what we are doing here. A mind revolution is happening, is changing everything. Whole new theories of mind that turn old science on its head. Old science is three-dimensional and limited to the physical senses. This goes back to Francis, Sir Francis Bacon's work in 1620. He wrote a paper called Novum Organum, or the second organism, which talks about the experimental method. The experimental method has changed the world since then, but it's mostly limited to three-dimensional science, or make it four if you add time. What we get into is n-dimensional, which goes way beyond that. We're developing new models of science, and new models of thought, consider n-dimensional fields as number n approaches infinity, which means the mind goes into many more dimensions than was previously believed. As we will discover, much of what we believe in history, politics, science, and culture is false. That's right, false. 
false concepts based on illusions of perception and delusions of the mind. Delusions mean false beliefs, which become indentured in the human mind, the human psyche for millennia, which have led us astray. These false beliefs date back to time-honored traditions and hallowed fiction. That's what we've come to believe as reality. Now, a bit of humor illustrates this point. The three missionaries who traveled to India in 1700s, they were from England and Scotland, and these three gentlemen were trying to bring their beliefs of Christianity and higher thoughts and so forth to other parts of the world, the indigenous populations. And they felt that they had much greater insight about these concepts than the people they were seeing. They traveled far and wide throughout India, teaching and preaching, as it were, until one day they met this old yogi in this village in southeast India. That's a very important area we'll discuss later. In any case, this old gentleman was rumored to be well over 100 years old. He had a long gray beard, long gray hair. He had deep, brilliant eyes, which dazzled them. He had tremendous energy for an elderly gentleman. They spoke for about three or four hours, and they talked about their ideas and their concepts. He was very polite, listened to them, nodded his head, very, very gracious to them. And after a while, they said, well, thank you, sir. We've had a great time talking to you. We really appreciate your listening. He said, well, thank you, gentlemen. And they left, and they sailed away in their ship. They're about two or 300 yards offshore, and the captain yells out, Great Scott, laddies, look out, look behind you. They turned around and looked back over the stern of the ship. They saw this elderly gentleman jumping across the waves, skipping across the waves in a very light way, walking on the water as it were, but skipping across the waves. He approaches the ship, leaps up in the air, and lands in the stern of the ship. They're, they're of course, stupefied. They're stunned. They're going, Great Scott, how did you, how did you do this? What? He says, well, gentlemen, I just, I just want to ask you a question. You're trying to explain to me before the idea of transfiguration and transformation of consciousness. And could you please explain that to me again? These gentlemen, of course, were shocked because he obviously was at a place of development way beyond them. So really, it's really astounding to think that we often project our ideas onto others and our preconceptions tend to lead us into many different corners. So old science and old beliefs get stuck in our minds and blind us to progress. Old science is three-dimensional and limited to physical properties and various functions. Now, when I was at NASA, another story about this, which is pretty amusing, there's a one scientist there, he was a really famous guy, he'd gone to Czechoslovakia in 1968, and the Russians came roaming into town in the middle of the night. He was there for a scientific conference, he was wakened by the sound of steel crashing on the stones. He looked down to see this line of Soviet tanks and soldiers marching into Prague, where he was. He was pretty shocked. In the case, he came back, got back to the stage, and told us a story that he went to one of the seminars there, and one guy told a, a joke that there's ten scientists in a room, and they all have different points of view on the theory, the certain theory of the mind, or certain, certain theory of space in this case. They all argued and debated and whatnot, and they called each those names at times behind their backs. So they got really, really angry about things, and one day... This new guy walks in. He's got a new theory. So they're all waiting with bated breath to hear what he has to say. He walks in. He says, okay, this is, this is how it works. This is the new data. This changes everything. So all ten guys looked at each other, looked at the paper, looked at the new guy. They all jumped up at once and said, you see, I was right. So, of course, the ego likes to interpret things in terms of always being right because we tend to be self-focused. So old science is in that place at times where... People think their point of view is the correct one. They're often oppositional to new ideas which come along. 
we'll get into that later when we talk about quantum field psychology, which is our area of research. Now, from Einstein's work, we know that all matter is energy. So every material form that you see around you is actually energy vibrating at different frequencies. Or in case of more complex objects, they vibrate at different constellations of energy interconnected in various ways. So now this applies to human beings as well, but we are very, very complex beings, which we'll get into later as well. Now Tesla said, Nikolai Tesla, the great inventor, I'm sure everybody's heard of, he said, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. So Tesla knew from his work, there's far more to the human mind and consciousness and human condition than the usual material approaches. Remember, material science for many, many centuries or even millennia has focused upon the idea that we are material beings, and that's all there is to it. For many, many years, scientists resisted the idea that energy also is involved in who we are. We often presume to judge others and dictate to them, but to not understand the principles ourselves, such as the example of the three missionaries talking to the old yogi in India. Now, this gets into issues of ego, which we'll also get into later. We have a number of books out about ego and also about mind games people play, really fascinating stuff coming out. And it also involves projection found in many psychological disorders. After my experiences at NASA, I went to a worldwide journey traveled the world, meet different people and cultures, went back to the university finally to get a doctorate in psychology. I've been a psychologist ever since, and I've seen tens of thousands of patients, also taught college at University of Maryland and other universities, and then started writing books about psychology, and finally got into making films about it to bring these ideas to the world. What we find is that in many psychological conditions, projection occurs, where people project onto others what's inside themselves. Einstein famously said, I want to know God's thoughts. The rest are details. What he's talking about is he wants to know the basic laws of the universe. What makes everything tick? How does it all fit together? And then everything else falls in place beyond that. So the idea here is that there are various laws of the universe and also various laws of human consciousness, which are now being discovered, now being researched much more intensively, combining all the different fields of study around the world. We often create what is called Believing is seeing. Now, Dr. Wayne Dyer talked about this one of his books. What we believe is what we see. The old expression is that seeing is believing. But it's also true that what we believe to be true is what we see because we project that onto the world around us. Einstein meant that once we know the underlying laws, the universe and the mind, the rest will fall into place. So he was talking about something very similar. But we need to find the underlying principles that pertain to both human consciousness and human condition as it fits into the physical universe. The old assumption is that human beings are separate from the physical universe. What we're saying is, no, it's not true. We're all tied together. This is what our work is about, seeking to answer these questions, the point of view of a whole new psychology of mind, body, and spirit. And again, since the beginning of time, humankind has contemplated, who are we? Why are we here? What is the meaning of life? There's a famous sculpture by Rodin 1904, called Le Penseur, the Thinker, where a gentleman sitting there, deep in thought, with his, his chin upon his hand, contemplating, who are we? Why are we here? What are we doing upon this planet? Over the centuries, many philosophical points of view and theories have shared this question, going back to ancient antiquity. But no one really seems to put the whole thing together, or have they? There might be some groups who have. 
religious beliefs go back many thousands of years. And many sources contradict some of the traditional beliefs. As an example, certain sources I've uncovered in ancient, from ancient texts claim that Osiris lived some 45,000 years ago in Atlantis, believe it or not, and brought that civilization to great heights. They might believe that Atlantis is a possibility or not. Some think it's credible, some don't. But think about if this ancient civilization did live, what did they do? Supposedly they developed very, very intense powers of the mind, which were then misused over time and eventually brought down the civilization. It fell to humankind's corruption and to the ego. According to various legends, it sank some 10 to 12,000 years ago, destroyed by humankind. There are many pyramids found on the ocean floor, off the Caribbean, and also off the west coast of Mexico. They found a massive pyramid, 10 times the size, allegedly, of the Great Pyramid of Giza. Now, why is it there? Well, one time it was above ground, of course, and the earth has shifted and made changes. Also, in the equator of the world, of the earth, we have many, many pyramids going back to ancient times. They were not built by, by natives pulling these 5,000-pound blocks on logs over sand. That's a ridiculous theory. It could not have worked that way. There had to be an earlier technology approach to make that happen. There's also They've also found pyramids, believe it or not, in, in Antarctica, which you can see on Google, Google Earth. You pull them up, there's a series of pyramids being researched now by many scientific groups from around the world. They've made some discoveries there, apparently, which have not been released yet, but there are amazing things happening behind the scenes. Now, some 5,000 years ago in Egypt, think about this. Remember Osiris, we talked about, allegedly lived in Atlanta some 45,000 years ago. But 5,000 years ago in Egypt, he was deified and known as Ra, R-A, Ra, the sun god. So a person who actually lived, allegedly lived, who was a great master or avatar of higher thought, was deified by people and made into a god. This is a habit mankind does, which is an error, which we'll get into. By the 5th dynasty, the 25th and 24th centuries B.C., Ra had become one of the most important gods in ancient Egyptian religion, identified primarily with the noontime sun. The Egyptians liked to worship the sun. The sun, of course, is very powerful and very healing. Ra was believed to rule in all parts of the created world, the sky, the earth, and the underworld. Many avatars over time, in fact, have been deified. So many people who walked the earth who had attained these higher states of consciousness and brought these ideas to the world were mistakenly later deified by people and by various religions. All of them taught, do not worship me, worship the one who sent me, worship the higher power. The concept being there's a higher source of life. They're simply individuals who embody some of the concepts and whatnot, become certainly a higher conscious state. They're saying, do not worship me. In other words, the idea is to worship the ideal have reverence for the ideals, the concepts, not for the idol, not for the physical person, not for physical objects, not for physical buildings. Each of the avatars taught a system of ideals designed to awaken human consciousness to a higher level. But what they taught varied with the times, with the people, with the culture, with the language, and so forth. They've evolved into various religions today, which often fight each other often in a genocidal manner, which needs to end because all of them are talking about the same thing. This is what's astounding. This is what we show in quantum field psychology, the theory which integrates all these different religions and sciences together. So our ideals were distorted into idolatry, which misses the entire point. The teachings became abused or lost. The teachers became worshipped, 
which is not what they wanted. Systems of religion were built like monarchies, designed to protect themselves. They became very large, powerful structures. In fact, in the Middle Ages, the church ruled Europe. And all the kings and queens had to go to the pontiff to ask permission for marriage for all sorts of things. They really were in power. That's changed to some extent. They're still very powerful, as are many world religions. According to a number of sources, some 12,000 years ago, there were a number of enlightened teachers who wandered the earth, spreading knowledge of higher concepts. These were the ancient Siddhas from southern India. Remember, we mentioned southern India. The Siddhas, that's S-I-D-D-H-A-S, those who want to look it up. There's some books out about that. Who traveled out southern India teaching these higher concepts of the mind. Now, where did this come from? From perhaps Atlantis or other sources? We don't know for sure. In any case, the principles they taught stand as a root source of many metaphysical approaches today, including those of the Incas. In fact, I have a friend who's been studying the Inca work in South America. He's a dentist and a teacher in Chile who has gone to the ancient places, the ancient temples in the mountains of Chile, and has been studying these folks, learning these concepts, which very much coincide with many other sources of these metaphysical ideas. That means ideas which transcend the physical world. The idea that the mind combines with spirit in much higher frequencies. The world is far more than what we believe. And notice that these concepts contradict the supposed history of Cro-Magnon man, supplanting Neanderthals around 10,000 years ago. You know, traditional stuff we were taught in school, I remember back in junior high and high school, we were told that Neanderthals roamed a planet were very animalistic and brutal, and then surprisingly were replaced by Cro-Magnon man, around 10,000 years ago, who began farming and ranching and planting, that sort of thing. But they could explain where these came from. We really think that at this point, those interpretations were incorrect, which were many earlier civilizations upon Earth, far more than we realize. So the entire belief system about evolution has been contradicted. These concepts are based on various remains found and interpretations made from them. Remember also that much history is fiction, created to fill political agendas. Remember we said earlier, much of what we've been taught through history, politics, whatever, are false. Many false ideas have been taught to humankind, either by intention or by neglect or by mistake. This gives a totally different point of view of world history and the evolution of man. Many sources state that several prior civilizations, as we mentioned before, destroyed themselves. Look also at the huge heads on Easter Island. Where did these come from? Who built these? Why were they built? What did they represent? These are massive heads, really fascinating. So we ask who built them, who, I'm sorry, who built them, when, and what do they mean? Look at the system of pyramids I mentioned before around the equator of the Earth. Who built all those? There's a vast number. One belief is that these acted as energy focal points, that energy, we know from research, that energy is projected from the apex of a pyramid. Many of the people who've flown over the Great Pyramid of Giza have had their instrumentation go haywire. This pyramid seemed to project this massive beam of energy around them generated by the geomagnetic field of the Earth. So think about this. The Earth spins in the geomagnetic field or the field of energy around the Earth. This generates forces coming up from certain types of structures. Other research states that pyramids will help break up earthquakes. A large quake coming towards will be broken to much smaller quakes. It's been alleged that when the Great Pyramid of Giza was opened, after being closed for many thousands of years, they found inside it kernels of corn, which they planted and which still grew into stalks of corn. So the corn had been preserved 
an amazing period of time are still alive. In fact, there, there's one company in Italy which packages its milk inside a pyramid-shaped object. And they claim it does not need to be refrigerated because its shape alone keeps it intact. So again, the pyramids, who built them, when, and for what purpose? And why are they there? The Greeks, the Egyptians, and others had ideas of immortality thousands of years ago. So another aspect of this is the concept that we do live beyond this physical world, that we are spiritual beings. And what, is, what does all that mean? How does it all fit together? We've mentioned before they might have gotten these ideas from the ancient Siddhas, perhaps from Atlantis. And the Greeks, of course, embody many, many fascinating concepts. Many years ago, the Greeks perhaps got the ideas from the Siddhas or from Atlantis. We don't know. But Socrates was born around 470 to 469 B.C. is known as the father of Western philosophy. He developed the Socratic method of questioning everything. So you're constantly asking questions. What does this mean? What does that mean? You always are digging deeper. And in some sense, that parallels what became later the scientific method. Socrates' main focus was how to live a good and virtuous life. He stated, an unexamined life is not worth living. I mean, we have to keep constantly renewing our mind. We keep looking for new ways, better ways, deeper understanding in everything we do. He inspired his followers to think for themselves instead of following the dictates of society and accept the superstitions concerning the gods and how one should behave. So think about that. He said, think for yourselves. This is mind shock for his time. Think for yourselves as today. Think for yourselves. You did not just blindly believe the media or other sources or other people. Learn to think for ourselves. In fact, we'll discuss later on ways to contact, ways to access those higher powers within, which we all have. So imagine that. There are great powers inside us, great things inside us, which we can access, which totally change everything. Sources claim the Greek philosophers were adepts or we're of much higher forces and sources of knowledge and power in the universe. In other words, they knew this ancient knowledge and used it to evolve themselves to a much higher state. Incredible. Now, when we come back, we'll talk about Plato and Socrates. Plato is a student of, of other individuals, great men who came before him. We have Socrates, and we have Plato, and we have Aristotle in a row. These are some of the great minds of uh, the Greeks. We'll get to them when we come back after this short break coming up. We'll talk about how Plato founded the Academy. is best known as the author of many unparalleled works of great influence upon our world today. That's what's amazing, folks. Years and years ago. Plato believed in a world soul. He believed the individual soul can recover knowledge from divine or profound inspiration. We'll get back to that in a few moments. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity, things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything, and once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. 
ASMC, the premier German company that supplies everything for adventure, from outdoor clothes to outdoor gear, even backpacks. Lots of quality and lots of specials. To start your adventure, go to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ASMC. Paradise Found 2015 is a film that sparks of intrigue about the discovery of quantum field psychology. Throw in a sexy spy story, a conflict between father and son against the backdrop of NASA, and interspersed with World War II flashback combat scenes, and you'll be surprised to discover the foundation of a whole new theory of mind. Rent or buy Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com and prepare for the explosive conclusion. That's Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, build muscle, or just live healthy, Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. A complete mind development course, The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, helps you develop your concentration, memory, imagination, and more, all to help you program your mind towards success. But it's not a boring read. You are taken on a journey with a young man who is trying to start his own business and immerses himself into a journey of self-discovery, a powerful book that you can read again and again. Get The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple at Amazon.com. The Inner Manager at Amazon.com. Remember, positive impact. www.healthylife.net everybody, Dr. Ron Darump again, back with Mind Shock. We're talking today about the history of the mind of conscious evolution. Our theme being today that about the supermind, talking about the supermind evolution, we're talking about the Greeks, talking about Socrates, now we're going to pick up with Plato. Plato was born about 428 to 427 B.C. in Athens, Greece. He died about 348, 347, so he lived for 100 years in Athens. Great, great Greek philosopher, again, a student of Socrates and a teacher of Aristotle. Plato, as I mentioned before, founded the Academy. He's best known as the author of philosophical works of unparalleled influence which helped change the world and helped mold our Western world today. Now, Plato believed in a world soul and believed that the individual soul can recover knowledge from the divine for profound inspiration. Think about that, that there's a, a world soul is like a world computer bank or a vast, vast computer of information and knowledge, all connected to higher levels of thought, which we can all connect and tap into to get great ideas and information from. We discussed in other shows we've done, we'll talk about more later on, that some of the great examples of people who could do this were Nikolai Tesla, we mentioned earlier. Now, Tesla knew how to tap into deep levels of thought by concentration and meditation. He would work upon his, his inventions and engineering and physics very intensively. He would sleep allegedly from 11 p.m. till 3 a.m. He worked 20 hours a day not to waste any time. So he's very dedicated and focused upon his work. And he would get these great ideas and he would build an engine in his mind's eye. He could visualize a complete engine in his mind's eye, built from start to finish, and he'd watch it run for several months, observing the friction upon the parts. Think about the, the power of imagination he had. He often said he could see 
things in his imagination more clearly than he could see physical objects. So he'd run these for months in his mind, see what the, the problems were, and then build a, a physical model that was perfect in structure and would run perfectly. Another person who could do this, who could read that level of abstract thought very clearly and get great ideas, was Mozart, the great musician. He could hear the music of the spheres, it's been called, in his, his mind's ear, as it were. He'd hear the music playing perfectly, and he would write down note for note every instrument in an entire symphony, write an entire symphony by hearing the music of the spheres. Anybody who plays music knows it's a very, very difficult task. Most folks play by trial and error. You try this, you try to see what works. You go through a lot of experimentation. But most of us could hear it perfectly note for note. So these folks were able to tap into a much higher level of thought. That's what Plato was talking about in the world soul. So you can recover knowledge from the divine for profound inspiration. In quantum field psychology, we talk about that principle, that we can download unlimited information from the higher mind into the conscious mind. That's an amazing concept. So again, it's like a computer. They can go to the hard drive, the, or vast, many, many hard drives connected, can download them into your computer so you can read them and put them to use. We'll talk later about how many people can do that in terms of creativity, like all the great writers and others can also access your inner mind for ideas. And we all have access to these higher powers, these higher sources. That's the thing. We don't need to go through somebody else. We don't need to go through an expert. We all have access to these higher powers. Once we learn how to take away the blocks of the mind, the conditioning from childhood, the false things taught to us in school or various churches, no offense to them, uh, most of them, the vast majority, I'm sure, mean well, want to do great things, and have done great things, but some concepts are taught, changed by the human ego, from what the original avatars taught. School systems also might teach something that's just not, not on the money, right? And philosophies do the same thing, can mislead people. That's why we created quantum field psychology, to integrate all these different concepts together to create one universal set of ideas which integrates all the theories of psychology together and all the world religions and Eastern and Western philosophies. So, now, the point is we're taught to defer to others, to experts who know better than we do. We're taught not to believe in ourselves. This diminishes our self-esteem and our self-image. We need to learn how to believe in ourselves, have profound respect for ourselves, but also be humble. One of the powerful approaches that we found in doing therapy with folks to teach them to have profound self-esteem and a very high self-image, but also be humble. That allows us to keep tapping into the sources and constantly walk that higher path. We'll learn later about how the supermind works and super abilities can be accessed, but part of it is learning how to access that higher mind. That comes through relaxation, meditation, concentration, also, imagination and such can activate those various powers. Now, Aristotle was another Greek philosopher. Remember when Socrates, Plato to Aristotle, was a student of Plato, and he created the first organon, which included a classification of nature, which is really a very big step in science. And he was revered for, oh, many, many centuries until about the 16, 1700s. He was looked upon the source for scientific ideas. He took the plants and the animals of the world and classified nature in a really brilliant way. However, we had to go further than that. Again, Sir Francis Bacon, who later created Novum Organum in 1620, was a second organism, which founded the modern scientific method. Now, Bacon's a fascinating guy. By many sources, he wrote the Shakespearean plays, which were quite brilliant, of course, and have incredible concepts of the higher world. So it's believed that he wasn't adept also. He discovered these higher ideas. 
He was the unacknowledged firstborn son of Elizabeth I in England. He was sent to Paris from the ages of 15 to 18, where he studied at the court of Paris with many great mentors around the world. He brought back these philosophical ideas and metaphysical concepts to London at the age of 18 and founded various organizations there. He had to work in secret because his mother was known as the Virgin Queen. She didn't know anybody to know she'd married Robert Dudley four months before Francis was born. Dudley lived next door to her in the palace, they had connecting doors between their chambers. In any case, she kept it secret. They had actually been married for four months prior to his birth. And he was raised, of course, the best mentors and teachers in the world at that time. Being in the right place and whatnot, at the age of 10 and 12, he spoke seven languages and many great things. He and his group of writers later translated the major works of the world from Greek and Latin into English, using the Gutenberg Press, which had been around since the 1400s at that time. In any case, he really helped change the world and bring on the new renaissance at that time, the first renaissance. We're talking about now sparking a second renaissance, which is happening around the world. We're waking up to a higher level of thought, realizing there's much more to the world than what we previously believed. So he took the renaissance in those days from, took the world from the dark ages. The middle ages have been the dark ages, where a lot of repression occurred. We'll talk about Henry VIII later on, his oppression in England and whatnot, and other monarchies were very, very oppressive, which helped create the new world because people left Europe to go to America to seek freedom. In any case, Bacon helped create the Renaissance, which preceded the Reformation, and this took the world out of the Dark Ages. Now, some sources claim, as I stated, he wrote the Shakespearean plays and many other works, which have not been acknowledged until recently. He was also a major figure in many other ways. In the political system, he had, been, he had become the Solicitor General of England, his mother allowed him to do that, and he wrote the charter for the Commonwealth of Virginia, which is a massive area that the English could establish themselves in the New World, the New World, and begin to build colonies. He also sent many of his students and whatnot to America, who later helped create, and their ancestors helped, or descendants helped create, the Constitution and so forth of America, because they believed in freedom and whatnot and wanted to spread it throughout the world. The so New Gold Renaissance is happening now, which parallels the work of Bacon and his, his fellows back then. We'll cover more about this in later shows. There's a lot of history there to get into. Now, if we apply an analysis of a wide range of fields, from physics to metaphysics and Eastern and Western philosophies, okay, we find the following. There are three major points of view to exist about the question of life after death. We'll discuss that more in a little bit. There's really quite, quite fascinating concepts here. We'll cover just the first one here before our break. There's nothing, the first belief is there's nothing after death. We return to dust and period. Period. Some folks believe that. Believe nothing exists beyond the physical body. Some folks adamantly believe this. Even some folks I've known are very strong adherents of various religions. Actually, there's nothing after death. Many scientists believe that. Many scientists are atheists or agnostics, believe it or not. I've known many medical doctors, many psychiatrists, believe it or not, are atheists or agnostics. So... We personally believe there's, there's something much more going on, much more interesting, which goes back to various ancient philosophies, which was taught throughout the ages. We'll get that in a few moments. This is Dr. Ron Dalrymple with Mind Shock. Ready for a short break here, folks. Hang on. We'll be back in a couple of minutes.
here's a fun, stimulating program that can teach you how to develop your own powers of creation. It uses a three-part mind, stimulating approach to get you to develop your own creative thinking. It will help you create a powerful self-image and helps you see how you can take creative action. You'll develop your thinking power and your skills, and you can do this in eight days. Get Dr. Ron Dalrymple's book, Eight Days to Creative Power, on Amazon.com. Overcome your problems with the step-by-step guide. So get eight days to creative power on Amazon.com. Get high-quality glasses, sunglasses, and prescription lenses at eyeglasses.com. Choose from over 250,000 items and 400 brands. Already have frames? Get replacement lenses. It's easy. Go to our advertiser page and click eyeglasses.com. A complete mind development course, The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, helps you develop your concentration, memory, imagination, and more, all to help you program your mind towards success. But it's not a boring read. You are taken on a journey with a young man who is trying to start his own business and immerses himself into a journey of self-discovery, a powerful book that you can read again and again. Get The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple at Amazon.com. The Inner Manager at Amazon.com. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, build muscle, or just live healthy, Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity, things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything, and once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. Ron Darnfell back with Mind Shock, a whole new theory of the mind. Quantum field psychology is expressed in our new film, The Endless Question, a two-hour documentary, free on Amazon Prime. We'll talk about that in a little bit. In any case, today's episode is called The Evolution of Supermind. Now, we're talking about the different theories about what happens after death. There are three major points of view about this very, very important question. The first point of view is that nothing exists after death. We return to dust, period. Many folks believe that, even today. The second point of view is really much more interesting. It says that we live one life and go to heaven or hell. We have one chance to make it or break it forever. So think about that. One chance. You have one life, one life only. Many folks say, ah, I've only got one life to live, this type of thing. So you've got one opportunity. Now think about this. If there's a good and loving God who controls the universe, then would that good and loving God give you just one opportunity in life? Some folks are born into great wealth. Some are born into great poverty. Some have many opportunities. Some get a great education given to them or they make it happen themselves. Others have very little education. Some people are abused in childhood. We'll talk about that later in terms of the evolution of addictions and whatnot. Some people are abused and they're neglected or they might be physically, emotionally, verbally, even sexually abused. Horrible things can happen profoundly affects your state of consciousness and their emotions. Some people go through war early in life, which is absolutely horrendous. It profoundly affects the human psyche. 
Now, does that person have an equal opportunity to make it or break it in one life compared to somebody else who's given everything? Suppose somebody's born into great wealth and splendor and education, they're treated well, they're not spoiled, they're treated perfectly, others are treated absolutely horribly. I've seen, seen cases, folks, that you would not believe what people have gone through. I worked in prisons and other places, and some of the folks there have stories of abuse that would just absolutely make your skin crawl. You cannot believe what's happened to people. So they, of course, made very, very terrible mistakes and went way off the deep end and created many, many errors, many events which got them locked up. So the idea that one life to live, to make it or break, does that make sense? Well, many believe that and adhere to it very strongly. Another point of view, however, goes back many thousands of years, back to the Greeks, back to the Egyptians, back before that, and actually is believed by three-fourths of the world. And that is, we live many lives learn many perspectives there might still be a limit to how many lives we live but that we have an opportunity to experience many different things the principle of reincarnation is accepted by three-fourths of the world population but is largely denied in the west now supposedly there's a book of jasher j-a-s-h-e-r which was omitted from the western bible which is dictated by various great philosophers but was cut out of that it might be in various apocryphal forms, but it talks about the very idea of reincarnation. It's also been said that many statements made by some of the great masters do refer to, like, living in many houses, things like that. You're talking about the very concept of reincarnation. Now, does it make more sense? You have many opportunities to experience many different things, many different points of view around the world, perhaps as male versus female, perhaps as different races, different religions, to allow your consciousness, which is, keeps growing from life to life, your consciousness keeps expanding to a point where you can transcend this world. It's a pretty shocking idea. Again, we said this is mind shock. These are ideas which might shock you. So does this make sense? Is it believable? Well, it might be. And we'll cover more about that in later later sessions. That's really a complicated issue and a lot that goes into it. Now, many advances in science and thought have come from a polymath analysis of different fields of data and study and finding new connections between them. Now, polymath is somebody who studies many different fields and links them all together. We'll talk about some of the famous polymaths in history later on. One is Dr. Dr. Young, who in 1801 did the double slit experiment to show that electromagnetic energy or light energy traveling through space traveled in a waveform. It was later found by other experimentation that it interacts with, with matter as particles. We'll discuss that later on. But polymaths are people who dig into different areas and figure out how one area connects to another. Many approaches to creativity also examine that. In quantum field psychology, we talk about how polymath approach is used to differentiate or compare and contrast every variable to every other variable. So think about how one variable changes relative to how another variable changes, like speed versus time, speed versus distance and time. This is how Einstein came up with the idea of the special theory of relativity published in 1905 by analyzing different fields to a great degree. These are the dual process of calculus. Please don't be turned off by the math. We won't get into it much in this. For those who want, we'll talk about later a book we wrote called Quantum Field Psychology, which is for mathematicians, physicists, and engineers, and medical doctors, those who have a strong science background. For other folks, we have a lot of other books and approaches in our films that talk about these ideas in a much simpler way. So there, the rate of change of one variable compared to every other variable Deductions are drawn from that. That's how creative ideas are often created by deduction versus induction. Deduction means a logical process from general to specific. Induction, you go from specific examples to general. 
and Dr. Thomas Young was a medical doctor who applied math and physics to a wide array of issues in his time. He performed a double slit experiment in 1801. He shocked the world because he showed in a very brilliant experiment, which could be duplicated anywhere, the light travels through space in wave form. He gave a presentation to the Royal Academy of Science in London on November 24th, 1803, which shocked the other scientists of the world. This had been worked on before by, by Huygens, by Newton, by many great minds who hadn't quite resolved it, but Dr. Young put it all together. Now, it's been theorized that thought energy also travels in the same pattern. Get this, this is a mind shock through space as waves and interacts with matter as particles. So the idea is that thought energy projects through space. You're, you're thinking constantly, of course, and your thought energy is projecting beyond your physical brain. The idea here is that the mind is an energy field which transcends the physical brain. The most, most theoretical approaches assume the opposite, that the brain is superlative to the mind, that the mind is a subset of the brain. We're saying the opposite, that the mind, which evolves in the higher levels of the spirit, transcends the physical brain. This shocks a lot of people. So many other equations in quantum field psychology talk about this. We detail the mind as an energy field, which means a whole new approach to psychology. But the amazing thing is that this approach integrates together and explains all the other theories of psychology. You see from that point of view, and look at the map behind it, all the other approaches make sense when seen from that perspective. What we're trying to do is organize a lot of folks around the world to work on this experimentally because currently quantum field psych is an axiomatic theory or just based on various principles, actions, and lemmas looking to make it empirical so we can prove in the laboratory these various parts of it, which we're sure will come. Now, remember, Plato thought we could access a higher mind for profound ideas. We're saying the same thing. In quantum field psychology, you can download infinite information from a higher source within into the conscious mind or ego. Now, the ego is a really great, really interesting aspect here because the ego is your conscious mind, your daily mind, which is often based upon thought, emotion, fixations learned early in life and then carried through life. The ego often betrays us and misleads us. Remember, we talked before about misinterpretations. The ego plays a huge role there because the ego wants to believe it's right. The ego acts as an independent source of creating this life. The ego believes it's correct over other people. The ego will argue with others, will fight with others and whatnot. Where in fact, a higher way to approach is to realize that we need to be ego-less, understand we're all connected to each other and to a higher source. We'll get more into that later on. So we have to transcend the ego, or let go of the ego, as it were. So many inventors and great scientists have done this either by intent or by accident, that made great discoveries, let go of the ego to access that higher mind. Now, in the next session, folks, we're going to talk about some of our books and films about this very fascinating topic, quantum field psychology, and the films we made about it, which make it easy for everybody. So it's Dr. Ron Dalrymple with Quantum Field Psychology. And our topic today being the evolution of supermind. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Paradise Found 2015 is a film that sparks of intrigue about the discovery of quantum field psychology. Throw in a sexy spy story, a conflict between father and son against the backdrop of NASA, 
and interspersed with World War II flashback combat scenes, and you'll be surprised to discover the foundation of a whole new theory of mind. Rent or buy Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com and prepare for the explosive conclusion. That's Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com. If you want USA and worldwide car rentals, choose rentacar.com. Free cancellations on most bookings, no hidden charges. They are trusted by over 4 million customers. Visit our advertiser page and click on the Rent-A-Car banner. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything, and once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. This is Jack Maher from the band Feed the Kitty. It's important to support the artists you love, and you can do that and get something authentic for yourself. Rock.com has the most coveted, licensed merchandise of music, culture, and entertainment. So go to the advertiser page and click on Rock.com now. Quantum Field Psychology 2nd Edition is an astounding book on the new theory of mind. It is the first unified field theory that incorporates the influence of the mind and emotion on physical reality, the universe, and even other minds. It actually integrates all modern psychology with quantum physics, mathematics, Western and Eastern spiritual beliefs. It's the true bridge between science and spirituality. Get your copy of Quantum Field Psychology, second edition, by Dr. Ron Dalrymple on Amazon.com. Radio your way. HealthyLife.net. Folks, Dr. Ron Dalrymple with Mind Shock back. I'll talk to you again about more of these fascinating concepts. Now, in this segment, I want to talk about the history of quantum field psychology and how it began. Now, I'm a psychologist today, but I started out at the tender age of 17 years old. I went to work at NASA at Goddard Space Flight Center. I was very, very lucky to be there. I was majoring in math and physics at Maryland University, seven miles away down the road. Great school number three, I think, in the nation at that time in physics, number 10 in math. It's a great place to be. And NASA was fascinating, too, because I met Nobel Prize winners from Eastern Europe, European bloc and whatnot, and from around the world. Really amazing people. People I work with were amazing as well. They're very, very kind. I'm just a young kid. What did I know, right? I'm starting out in life. But they treated me like an equal, which is amazing, because that was the attitude there. NASA was a place of tremendous, tremendous idealism. We believed in the impossible. We're going to put people in space. Mentioned on the moon. Never been done before, as far as we know, right? Impossible. So we had the idealism combined with tremendous pragmatism. So we combined the two, idealism and pragmatism. And that's, that's an equation to remember for anything you approach. Approach in a very idealistic way, but be very pragmatic about how you get there. But by 19 years old, after taking a few psychology classes combined with the math and physics, I mean, a striking discovery, a stunning revelation. Did you explain how the mind works as an energy field, as I mentioned earlier? traveling through space in waveform, interacting with matter as particles. So after college, I spent years traveling the world, teaching, studying languages, cultures. I did not stay at NASA. I could have stayed there for 35 years, had a great job, a 
wonderful place to work, but I knew my destiny was taking me somewhere else. Over the years, I wrote a number of books and produced some films about our shocking discoveries. So I went back to grad school many years later and got a doctorate in psychology. And I taught psychology at different courses, of course, universities. I taught 15 classes in psychology at Maryland University overseas on military bases. Over the years, I also saw some 22,000 patients put together this theory and see what really worked in therapy. So we started writing some books a number of years back. The first book is called Eight Days of Creative Power. That's available on Amazon. It's about how to tap into your creative abilities within. This is based on research we performed at the University of Maryland. I was a grad student there. We had three primary approaches. The first is how to use our cognitive processes or our thinking processes to think creatively, learning how to think at a deeper level, learning how to analyze, turn things upside down, inside out, think in reverse. All these patterns are very important to creative thinking. So it's really about great flexibility of thought, never fixating upon certain belief systems, as we mentioned before, causes lots of problems and projecting on the outside world. We're always looking for deeper answers, always looking for solutions. To compare each variable to every other variable in any given set that we're analyzing. So learning how to think creatively and flexibly, flexibly is very important and very powerful and helps you advance in life tremendously in many ways. The second approach is based on emotional aspects. So learning how to shift our emotions is very powerful as well. So the key here, and also helps to solve those psychological issues, is focus on joy, love, harmony, peace. Think beautiful feelings in your heart at all times as best you can and keep a state of ecstasy as best you can. Feeling ecstatic, that's what Tesla did, believe it or not. And many great musicians like Dwayne Allman, believe it or not, was known for that, a high guy, he's called Skyman or Sky Dog. Great, great guitarist, also Mozart, also a person who really kept in a state of high ecstasy, feeling great so he could access those higher levels of intuition and power. Another approach that we cover in our book is how to employ various behavioral techniques to create. So making a practice of creativity. And there we found that even doing crossword puzzles, playing chess, doing things that stimulate your mind in a creative way, help help you grow vastly in that area. So cognitive processes, emotional processes, and behaviors all help us think in a creative way. That's Eight Days of Creative Power. The next book, in fact, a creativity book, there's a pre-test and a post-test. You can also calculate your creativity quotient. Pretty cool stuff. And that's been a bestseller in many countries around the world. Our next book is a powerful course in mind development. That's called The Inner Manager. It's where a young man goes on a journey to discover how to create his own business. He goes to meet a woman who runs this incredible business, and she takes him on a tour of the many levels of mind. He learns the functions and the powers of mind. He learns about memory, concentration, willpower, tapping the inner mind, the higher mind for success, how to unleash our inner talents. He then uses that to go on to conquer his world. This book is a goldmine of ideas to help you develop your creative powers. It can be a companion for you for years to come because it's full of ideas and insights. Our next book is called I Love You, God. It's a book of aphorisms or statements to help you focus upon various quotes to align you with those higher powers we talked about. So every day of the year, you have statements to say to yourself to help you stay connected to those ideas, which then again creates a connection to those higher powers the higher mind and the conscious mind just like a download by computer this allows you to read the inner urges and the messages from that higher mind much more clearly our next book is called quantum field psychology which i wrote in 2004 up in the italian alps 
were teaching college from Maryland up there on the Air Force Base called Aviano, known to many people. A really famous place. I was right there by the beautiful mountains of, of Italy, really incredible place. So in April of 2004, I wrote the book Quantum Field Psychology, which pulled all these different theories and ideas together. So it's a shocking new theory of mind based on quantum concepts, topology and calculus, combines the major theories of psychology, can no be turned off by the math, we make it simple in all the other books and films we do. This book is a the theory about quantum field psych is a bridge theory between science and spirit. It's a true bridge theory. Search for by many folks out there like Deepak Chopra's looking for this. Well, we have one, so they're certainly welcome to read it. If you like, it's the only theory for everything. It is a, I'm sorry, it is the only theory of everything. Other theories that have been used really are kind of a mishmash of ideas. This integrates it all together. This is the theory that changes everything. But it wasn't enough because this book went over like a lead balloon because it's, you know, abstract thinking and math, and folks don't want to read math usually. So we knew we had to make some films about this. So went back to film school, got some film degrees, learned how to write, got another master's degree in screenwriting. The first film's called Paradise Found 2015, which is on Amazon. And that's about the discovery of quantum field psychology. So it's really kind of a, a fun film. It's an experimental film about sexy spies and World War II intrigue and explosive tension. And the eventual battle between a father, a very powerful father and his son, and the development of this story. And the father makes a transformation at the end, which itself is mind shock, because he makes a great insight. Our next film is The Endless Question, which is a documentary. It's a mind shock documentary which is free on Amazon Prime. You can find it there. It's also on other platforms like Tubi and Flickster and Apple TV. And this is a documentary of some of the greatest minds in the world about this whole new theory. We're going to be interviewing some of those on this program, on this show in the very near future. This topic is a whole new way of thinking. It parallels, it draws parallels to Nikolai Tesla and his work and gives us a lot of shocking insights and conclusions of where we can go next. So you can find these on Amazon Prime, or we also have podcasts on YouTube under Dr. Ron Dalrymple, plus on these networks, these great networks we're working with now, are wonderful people. You can just Google our name to find other podcasts and so forth, and they'll pop up. But be sure to tune into this network, Healthy Life Network, actually great folks. There are a lot of great programs out there. So tune in, folks. We're going to be doing this show every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the near future, we'll be interviewing some of the great, great folks out there, some of whom are into film. We'll talk more about later on. So we're going to be talking about these concepts, these ideas from their points of view. We'll be talking to a lot of great writers. We have great celebrities we're lining up to talk about their their work and the creative arts and whatnot, musicians, artists, writers, physicists, mathematicians. We're talking to a lot of people to bring them into the show, a lot of best-selling authors, really give you some insight to how all these things fit together. So tune in every week. We have a lot of things coming out, folks. This is a, a cutting-edge show, again, looking at outer space versus inner space, bringing it all together, because we as human beings are a central part of that equation. We fit it all together. The external world really is integrated by human beings and influenced by our thoughts or emotions far more than we realize and far more than most theories will tell you. Folks, so stay tuned in, okay? We have a lot of great things coming. We'll see you then, Dr. Ron Dalrymple with Mind Shock. Before talking to you again.